0: at the end of the day, when you look at clean beauty, you're looking at products that they're living. You know what I mean? They're made with ingredients that are high vibrational. What I mean by that is they have a certain synergistic frequency to them. You know what I mean? And you're putting that on your skin. Hey guys, I'm Izzy
1: Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place. Starting with this podcast, I've worked in the marketing department of several major beauty brands and help build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions. Each week, I'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today, along with my own personal experiences. But most importantly, my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight the beauty and wellness brands, influencers, and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight. Not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot, this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped down conversations. After all, it's growth that's a thing of beauty.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. I'm Izzy Sapien. I am post-recording this intro. I've had Pneumonia and a sinus infection for about two weeks now. So that's why my voice sounds a little bit different. Today I'm joined by Melissa Lenberg. She's the CEO and founder of Citrine Natural Beauty Bar. And she's one of the original clean beauty trailblazers, one of the first to open both a boutique and an e commerce store. This is like pre Credo, we're talking about. And she's cultivated this really interesting container for cult beauty with a really incredibly loyal following of customers so we're going to talk about you know the future of clean beauty why it's become such a controversial movement and kind of her thoughts on the intersection of wellness and beauty and she also shares some amazing tips for small business owners and entrepreneurs kind of regardless of whatever industry that they're in let's jump right into it
1: Hey Mel, welcome to A Thing of Beauty. You guys, this is such an exciting episode for me. Melissa and I, she was just saying we go back 10 years. I think it might be 10. I don't know. I always think eight, but I've been saying eight years for so many years now that it's probably 10. Melissa's one of the original people in the clean beauty movement. She's one of the first boutiques that had both an e-commerce space and an in-store space. And the idea of clean beauty, though, it's grown so, so much. There's definitely that dichotomy between the original side and more of the new age side. And so as we move forward, I think this will be always such a cool cornerstone chat to bring back up in future episodes and just in the clean beauty conversation in general, because Melissa's so knowledgeable and have seen it from the beginning to where it is now and where it will go.
0: So Melissa, where have you been? What have you been doing? <laughs> I've been working and meditating. Good. good. Both. Got to keep saying in the times today but we've been here 10 years. I mean, this is our 10th year of business. So maybe we're a little shy than 10 years, but just about. And we just with like COVID and everything like that, I feel like our business model really didn't change at all. We were already planning virtual consults prior to everything. So we're really where we've always been, you know, which is just serving our community, having the best clients, creating experiences and making a difference in people's lives. Because at the end of the day, I really believe that especially clean beauty is so much more than that it's so much more than beauty it's about a movement it's about a lifestyle really
1: and that's so important i want to come back to the experience because it's actually something that i I didn't even think about touching on which we should because i think it is a big differentiator in this space but also when we talk about clean beauty because i think you're right now there are some negative connotations with it and i think people who think
0: negatively about it are missing the whole point they're missing the whole point they have no concept of understanding it at all so the best way that I can describe it, and, and you know what? At the end of the day, do what's right for you, <laughs> boo. I mean, like, if, <laughs> if, if you're happy, you know, going to, you know, wherever. And if you hate so like if, you're, if you're happy <laughs> still wearing your MAC makeup and that makes you happy, then that's fine. At the end of the day, it's all about anything in this life is all about what makes you happy. So the way that I kind of, when people maybe challenge a little bit about clean beauty or whatever, I kind of explain it in this way. And I feel like people seem to get the concept a little bit more. It's like, I'm just going to relate it to food because that gets easier for people. You can go and you can drive through McDonald's and you can feed yourself. Is it really food? Is it really nourishment? No. But it'll make you full and it'll do the job. Or you can get a plate of nourishing, colorful, beautiful, vibrant, living, delicious food. And you can eat that. The result is the same, right? The belly is full. But one is totally nourishing. It's totally working on such a different level. And the other is dead. So when people talk to me about chemical-based skincare that's made in a lab and all of that, if it makes you happy, if it's working for your skin, that's fine. But the bigger conversation is, what is it made out of? It's sterile. It's basically dead skin care, if you will. It's dead makeup, and it's filled with other things, too, that we know are not necessarily the best decisions for us, right? Heavy metals, plastics, you name it. But at the end of the day, when you look at clean beauty— you're looking at products that they're living, you know what i mean? They're made with ingredients that are high vibrational. What i mean by that is they have a certain synergistic frequency to them, you know what i mean? And you're putting that on your skin. So i relate everything to energy and that is what it is. And you just you feel so much better when you do it and it creates an experience. So I'm that person and like everybody that I've ever met, I mean, I was just in Sedona with one of my great girlfriends this weekend who is a mom of three. She's busy, doesn't take a lot of time to take care of herself or whatever, but she, this is one of the things she said to me, you know, Melissa, you really taught me to just take a moment and create time to create a ritual for myself by applying my skincare or whatever and taking a few deep breaths. You'd be surprised like what a difference that makes in somebody's life every day and how they show up, especially a mom, Someone especially a mom, just has a tough day, <laughs> a mom, which now you can relate to, but oh, I mean, the worst, any, any, <laughs> <laughs> the worst it, and best. It's the best, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. We're learning lessons through the worst things, but it's the best. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle. Do you want that fast food, fast mentality kind of situation or are you somebody that really likes to take things in, know that what you're doing is really good for you, connect with it. Are you connecting with it? I don't know. If you're using something from that's not clean, are you like taking that moment to connect to that product? That answer is probably no. And so that translates because us as women, like when you go back in history and you go back in time. We're all about beauty rituals. When you look at ancient times, you know what I mean? It's not about slapping some fashion on your skin and whatever. It's about creating these things that make us feel beautiful. And it's not necessarily an outer thing. It's about what comes out from the inside out, essentially. I love that, Melissa.
1: And I actually want to go back because you mentioned Sedona to the origin story because this store specifically has a great origin story. And and Melissa going from makeup to starting the store. But you brought up something really interesting when you talked about food. I think that's true. And my biggest complaint about this whole dismantle clean beauty and calling people a cult, first of all, there are lots of things that are cults that are people do all uh, the time.
0: It's a cult (laughs) that I'm happy to be a part of. I mean, you know, it's totally fine. There's, yeah, there's
1: nothing wrong with a little bit of cult. But also, you know, it took years for science to realize how bad BPA and water bottles was. I mean, we started making water bottles like 60 years ago or something. So... I just disagree with the notion that one person can finitely say, okay, well, clean beauty has been around for 10 years. It cannot be good for you. It cannot be that different, right? Because we don't really know. We don't know, you know, the long-term effects of bioaccumulation. I think there's a lot more there. And now because of Instagram, you can just see people fight it out more readily now when nobody was doing it before. Yeah.
0: And to be honest with you, they're that's their reality. You know what I mean? That's their thought pattern. That's their reality. And to me, like even having a conversation isn't necessarily worth it. But I will say that we do know some of the effects because we have seen infertility, hormone issues, all those sorts of things. That is like something that, really in these modern times and in, I don't know, I guess the last 20, 30 years has become super prevalent. So we need to understand that it is because we are exposed to toxins. And we're exposed to toxins every day. We're breathing them in right now. So you can't help it, but you can make a conscious decision to use products, to eat better food, and to do things to kind of lessen that toxic load so that you're not basically burdening the body talking about the toxin thing because i think this is a piece of the
1: conversation that's missed with a lot of people who join the movement or at least for you and i became early adopters is people who have suffered health conditions i mean even a doc doctors treating chemotherapy tell you products that you shouldn't use on your skin. I mean, that's like a very real thing. Like, I don't know. I don't understand the piece where they're like, oh, well, everyone else says it's fine. Right. But you go to doctors all the time and they're like, no, that's actually bad for you. You really shouldn't do that. So I really don't get that. But I want to talk about, you know, your store's origin story, if, if you don't mind talking about it, because I think the health struggle is an important piece. And I think it calls to a lot of other people, like you're saying now, not just infertility, but so many people struggle with chronic health conditions now, even mental health conditions. Right. Yeah. And it's not as hush-hush, as it would have been 20, 30 years ago.
0: Yeah, I feel like 99% of the population is walking around with something, right? So at the end of the day, it's just like, like I said, going back to what you're using, what you're eating, and really like where you're spending your time, your mind, everything makes a huge difference. So for me, in my 20s, I, well, actually when I was 18, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune situation. And I spent a lot of time in doctor's offices that really didn't do anything for me. They just kind of masked what was going on. And... I don't know. For me, because I was a makeup artist, I did get into food. So I was eating more organic. I mean, like I've never shopped at a regular grocery store pretty much. I've always shopped at like a Whole Foods or something like that. Now Whole Foods is not really what it was back then, but you get the concept. Amazon. Yeah. I knew back in like the early 2000s, like 2002 about organic food and understanding what that meant and all of that. So Really kind of got on with that using like traditional like Chinese medicines kind of things. But when I was working in makeup in LA, I had no idea what was also in products and that that can also create such a toxic load. So my health got really bad. I ended up moving back here to Phoenix, which is where I'm from. And I started to really kind of research what was in products, kind of do my own stuff. And then one day I was literally in Sedona meditating in front of this Buddha at this peace park. It's a stupa. And it just all flowed to me instantaneously. I'm like, I'm going to open a store and I'm going to share all this and it's going to be great. And I'm going to name it Citrine because that's my birthstone and whatever. And like, it just flowed so effortlessly and easy because when I came back from Sedona, like literally that week, I looked up places. It was like, okay, we're opening this place for like small local stores, like a 200 square foot space. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to start small. That'll be great. And like it opened in November. So technically, Satrina's is also the store's birthstone. So oh, yeah, like, just like, yeah, yeah. that's like a direct manifestation, right? Like I didn't realize what I was doing, but I did it and it just like completely flowed. And then Izzy, you were a part of some of that. We did. We did meet (laughs) them. So, Izzy was a part of that. So, she's definitely seen the growth. And I didn't start selling online, I was just local. But one of the things I started straight out the bat was always like collecting emails and getting clients' information. So, that was like a thing a long time ago, which is why we have such a robust list today. And I think it was like year two that we went e-commerce, if I remember correctly. Year two, we went e-commerce. We expanded. And then after that, year three, now we're in this store, which we're at today, which is a much larger store. And we do e-commerce. And we also have an amazing, thriving brick and mortar business still, which I wasn't sure how that was going to go after COVID, but it's actually going great.
1: Gosh, I remember when we first found out, I was leaving this store when we first found out they were going to lock down everything. And you remember you called me on the phone and we were so just freaked. I mean, everyone was freaked out because it was just a weird time. And it But was
0: we like, were also strategizing, Izzy. Yeah, I know. I feel because... like it makes us
1: sound scheming. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't make us sound scheming.
0: See, but here's the thing with anything. You just have to learn how to pivot. I'm a small business owner. Which you are good at. You have done many times over the years, many, many times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, you just have to learn how to like, okay, well, so this is happening. So X, X, you just go to the next thing and you figure out what works. You can't spend time thinking about what didn't work or like sitting in that. You just instantly go to the next thing okay, great. This is really working. Let's spend my time and energy here. Or, oh, this isn't working. We're going to move over here. We're going to try this. So like just constantly trying to figure it out. That's a small business owner right there. And within that, you've done other things,
1: you know, from all the stores I've worked at and all the places I've supported, the customer loyalty here is incredibly high. Like I still get people DMing me on Instagram and being like, oh, if I go to Sydney today, what should I buy? You know? Yeah. And that's very unique considering there is
0: you know, a lot of boutiques on different corners, if you're in a major city, right? Like a lot of these Absolutely. brands you can buy. Absolutely. This is my container. I've created a container and the energy within this and anybody who's ever come in contact with this, whether they're a current employee, past employee, customer, brand founder, whatever it is, they've all come into my container. Okay. And I set a mission when I first created this space that I wanted to, this was all about community. Obviously businesses are about making money, but at the end of the day, it's all about creating community and it's all about creating a change in people's lives. And it's a ripple effect. If I think about how many people that have come into this space that have learned about clean beauty and then went on to make other better decisions in their life. And you think about the ripple of that, that shit is huge. That's beautiful, Melissa.
1: I I honestly love that. That's really inspiring. I love that. And I do. It's true. I mean, I was just, you guys have heard Steph talk. I also, Summer was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, Sanders, and she was talking about you and Allison was talking about you. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm literally literally drinking local juicery
0: right now because I was just in Sedona. And Allison
1: literally was talking about from Teespresso, Melissa, I don't know, just a few weeks ago, whatever episode that was eight or something. So, you know, she's definitely one of those people, one who's been in the health industry a long time. It's not even just clean beauty. There's also like a health component to it. But, you know, in, in terms of like Arizona people, she's like a very well-known individual with a lot of like friends in the industry. And I think that speaks to people personally. I know people in this industry who don't have a single friend and have a million followers, you know, and it's because they're not likable as people and they're not genuine. And that's just the truth about them. I mean, cultivating a presence online is not what it used to be, right? It used to be like, this is me and I'm going to be me. And now it's like, whatever you want me to be, right? I'm going to be whatever you want me to be so that people like me and whatever. And that sucks. But speaking of social media, because I think this is a part of the conversation, you know, clean beauty for the people who love it, and and there is so many new adopters. I'm not saying like clean beauty is over because it really isn't. There wouldn't be so much time and money spent on marketing anti-clean beauty if it wasn't a threat to the traditional industry.
0: Right? Exactly, exactly. So if you're doing it right, they're going to hate you and they're going to talk about you. That's point blank. So we're doing it right. And I think we're honestly just getting started. I mean, I look at the growth that's happened in the last 10 years and it's absolutely incredible. It's Absolutely incredible from when I first started. So I can only imagine what the next 10 years has in store.
1: It transcends so much further. People know the people who were originally there. Like their ideas were genuine because all the time at my new job, people say, Oh, is is Melissa gonna be and whatever? Like people ask about citrine all the time. Uh, so it's like it's you know, there may be sixty credos and one citrine, but you know, yeah. they can have the same.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, I think too, that I'm a person and this is my brand and I, it's not like, um, where you've come in and there's a whole board of people and investors and everything like that. And I'm not saying that businesses like that aren't good at what they do. They are. It's just a different experience. Mm -hmm. This is like my blood, sweat and tears and everything to me. And so for me, anything that you touch in here, needs to be top notch from the content that you get from us to the products that you get from us to the service you get from us, everything. I think that's a good direction, Mel, because I, what should people look out for in today's clean
1: beauty landscape? Because there is a lot, there is some misinformation. That is a thing that happens. And I think people who come into it, who are interested in the idea, you know, health and wellness only creeps further into beauty. And you know that they're interested in the idea and they don't know where to start, which is why products. I'm not saying these products are shitty because they don't use the ordinary. And I don't particularly like the brand, but I understand the theory. You know, a lot of reasons people use products like that is because they're like, they can't read labels or anything. So one ingredient to them is like synonymous with, okay, well, at least if I know if that's ingredient safe, I don't need to do anything else. Right. Right.
0: Like they just don't have, they don't know where to start. So where do you start? Well, I think if you're somebody new and clean beauty is like piquing your interest, I think. So I think like social media is a great place where people can get a lot of information, whether they're following certain bloggers or they find like a store like Citrine where they can get a lot of information from because it can be extremely overwhelming. But at the same time, you do need to kind of go into things being like a little bit educated, just like with anything, right? Like if you were going to the doctor, like I don't suggest just going to the doctor blindly either because you have to be your own advocate, right? So almost the same way in Clean Beauty, kind of just like starting with a little bit of an education process, whether you're getting that from somebody like a blogger or whether you're getting that from a store where we can kind of guide you through the process and what that looks like. And to me, that just builds. And you've seen that time and time again with every customer that comes in here. You know, they have no understanding our concept. They come in, we start to educate them and then it just, it builds. And it's an interest too. Clean beauty is fun. And so at the end of the day, then you want to learn more. You want to understand more. And what I think that also makes it so different is like most, all of these brands also have founders that you can connect with like online via social media. So you can get to know the brands on a much deeper level. So you understand who you're actually supporting too. Yeah which it's an incredible piece of clean beauty that's missing from traditional
1: beauty, especially when you start to get into like celebrity brands. Like, and I don't feel connected to any celebrity ever, right? I don't know them. They don't talk to regular people all the time. A lot of these brands, if you DM them, they'll answer and it'll be like the founder giving you advice, which is so sweet. I also wanted to remind you guys, i sure you know this, but she referenced MAC earlier and the guy from MAC who was like the head formulator just came out with his own clean beauty brand called Mob. So even the people that work at a lot of these companies Like, you know, whether it's a money grab or not, I'm not going to like, you know, spitball on whether it is or not. But it's obviously a significant portion of the industry enough where even people who have been involved for years are considering. Yeah.
0: I mean, look at Bobby Brown. She just came out with Jones Road. I love Jones Road. You know, like there's so many. I mean, people are visionaries and they know where this is going. So that dismantle thing that you're talking about. I didn't even know that was a thing until you wrote me in the email, by the way. <laughs> oh, Harper's
1: Bazaar released an article. You know, they cite a couple people who have done, but there's, because I talked about this with Shannon in another episode, there's always bad apples near the tree. This is not like Jesus and the 12 disciples, which of one of which was a bad apple in the story. So it's just hard when people generalize things that you can never get rid of, right? The internet is permanent now. We didn't have that before. So there's no take backs for anything. And then they associate that person with everybody else. And that's really tough. And in general, like if you are listening to an Instagram influencer, some of which I love and adore, you know, those are real people and they make mistakes. Like I'll try to move on and be realistic.
0: Well, and who owns Harper's Bazaar? And what is their interest? And why they want to dismantle clean beauty? That's where my head goes. Like what's their agenda? (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I think that that's another important topic for another time. But there's a huge difference between media and journalism, right? Journalism is authentic. Journalism, you seek sources. And media is paid, right? You can pay for a story. There's a ton of stakeholders. It's a nightmare. But that's not the point. We talked about ingredients in the store. And you touched a little bit on what a brand needs to be to fit in here, what a product needs to be. Let's talk about that. Because I think, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. Melissa's curatorial abilities are very unique. You know, the store does not have a buying team, which separates it from even some boutiques like Cap or something like that. It's a single person usually, and or as a team, you make decisions. What kind of standards do they have to fit to fit
0: in here? Well, number one, the first thing I always look at is ingredients, I mean, you know, so i'm look i'm looking at ingredients and making sure that everything meets our standards in terms of that. Then I look at packaging because I'm a packaging snob. Like everything you use in life, I mean, life's too short not to be beautiful. You know what I mean? <laughs> I and that. I'm just saying like, you know, just from the things on your counter that make you feel good and you want to display and you want to put out and all of that. So I look at packaging. I look at sustainability. And then I look at you know, what the founders are all about. What their ethos are. Because that really has to align with mine. I am a small business. And so I look at it strictly like a partnership. Do you want to have a partnership with me? Perfect. Well, then let's make sure that we are completely in alignment with how we want to grow. And you know what you're all about, because that's just super important when it comes to just overall growth and making sure that we're both going to be successful.
1: And the longer you are in retail, it's like having a bunch of husbands or wives, right? Like, are we really on the same path? You know what I mean? Because people do change business goals change. And you have changed things that are in the store now. And I think it's important that everybody understand that it's not just a capital gain situation. There's often a lot that really
0: goes into choosing brands and products that go into a store.
1: I want to talk more about the store. What are you loving? What are you using?
0: I still wear makeup, but I don't wear makeup like every single day because I'm not coming in here every day. So I personally, I love a lot of Agent Tour products. I love Jenna. I love what she's about. And she doesn't skimp when it comes to ingredients at all, which I can totally respect and really get behind. Of course, love Tata Harper and then like going over into makeup i really love fit glow they have a lot of like new things that are coming out which have been amazing I'm going to be adding more into the wellness space here. Cool. Wellness is my favorite
1: part of beauty right
0: now. I just love it. Well, and to be honest with you, and to just be honest with myself, I think our wellness category here really needs to be revamped and improved. So that's an area that I'm going to be really focusing on this year, because I think like when it comes to like skincare and makeup, I really do feel like we have such a good assortment here that there's really nothing that I want to add. Maybe if anything, it would be interchanging some brands, like getting rid of some and bringing on some new ones that just have newer technology, innovation. But obviously, like your cult. Okay, I just want everyone to know, <laughs> I'm not calling it a cult. I love clean beauty. Your, your cult favorites <laughs> will always be here. Uh, so I feel like those are like, obviously, like your Jane Iredell, which... They're going through like a huge like packaging change. They're trying to like revamp it. Oh, are they? Yep. But like them, RMS, Ilya. has become such a huge brand. They have such social currency. People are like super Ilya's into it. The shit. Well, I love their advertising. To use it as a generational concept is just absolutely brilliant. You're literally appealing to everybody, which we need to be. We need to be appealing to everybody because everybody out there wants to look and feel their best. I don't care if you're man, woman. Twenty, eighty-five. You want to look and feel your best. That's what it's all about. From
1: a marketing and PR perspective, and Melissa also has Kosas in the store, two brands who've done an excellent job appealing to people, whether they even care about clean beauty or not, which is great. Uh, I know so many people who recognize the name Kosas or Ilya who really care nothing about clean beauty, and then sometimes become interested in the idea after using the product. So I think that's Phenomenal, yeah. But I see it all the time on Instagram. I literally can't go into my Discover tab without seeing someone put on <laughs> soyroposis, <something from> <laughs> uh, which is great. I mean, I think that's amazing, and it's a it's a great brand. What does the future look like? Like, I mean, you have pivoted a million times. There was a small store, and then we got this bigger store. I'm saying we, like, I'm like still a part of this. <laughs> this is the umbilical cord. I was talking about.
0: This is talking about the container. <laughs> well, for me, we are. Probably by the time this episode airs, we have a new website that'll be launching. This is our third website. And I think probably our final one so I'm excited about that. I mean, obviously we'll continue to make updates and changes, but I feel really good about this platform and and the way that we're moving. But in terms of online, I mean, virtual consults, things like that. I mean, we were doing that, like, you know, prior to the pandemic and all the things because we wanted to connect with more people because we had such an array of customers that were from all over the country and living in places where they have zero access to see these types of products. So we're just going to continue with, you know, really moving forward in terms of the online space also getting really creative with content wellness concepts I really want to create experiences here in terms of our brick and mortar so where you can come in and really have like an experience and events eventing was something that we always did before and we literally rock that shit
1: yeah the Um, events were there'd be like weightless and shit (laughs) yeah
0: yes yes Let's put it this way that that class that we just had with Jenna here from Adrianator literally sold out before 24 hours. I know because I DM'd Kendra and I was like trying to bribe her.
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, do you really need to go? <laughs> well, she'll be back. So you'll have an opportunity, but just creating experiences, building community, furthering that. That's what's on my radar. I'm not the type of person that's like, this is my five-year plan. Because at the end of the day, like I like try to be stick to being very present in the here and now and what I can do. That doesn't mean that I don't have goals, but My long-term goal has never changed. And that's about just keeping on to build this community. A lot of people,
1: I'm not kidding when I say a lot of people ask, I have to speak to like 50 to 60 brands a month. I know it sounded like I rolled my eyes, which I did, but it's not because I don't like it. It's just a lot of work. But people ask a lot about you and similar people in the industry. You know, I want to be like Citrine or I want to be in Citrine. Like that's like a goal (laughs) brands have because they can see that, right? Like they know they're probably not going to get the attention that they need at a Saks, right? There's not a good fit there. And then they know and believe in the idea that if you can be a good partner to somebody, you can grow together, right? And they love that and people see that. But what are your biggest learnings from entrepreneurship? Because being sort of a a bit of an incubator for smaller brands, can be really tough, right? You put some things at risk, right? Like if a partnership doesn't work out, are all your customers really committed? And and then it's not here anymore. Or just in general, I mean, moving stores, having e-commerce, that's already two channels there, which is incredibly difficult. A single channel store alone requires a lot of work and you do it with a small team. What are your number one things that you've learned, like the most critical learnings of entrepreneurship?
0: I want to say that I think which which we were actually talking about a little bit before this started. But I don't really pay attention to what other people do. I just pay attention to what I'm doing and that's where I put my energy. Here's the thing, like it's just like when I hear people with like NDAs or like different things like that I'm like listen. No one's ever the first person to think of a certain idea, right? right. Like right. you want to come to me. I have like 50 great business ideas that I could give to you today. It's not about that. It's about who's executing? Who's the one that's executing? And that's the energy that's behind it. So I always say to people, if they want to start their own business, at the end of the day, you have to be passionate about this. I mean, I have a kid now, so there's no way I'm staying here until midnight anymore. But you were there in those early days as Izzy. And so, you know, for me, I was here In order to do that, you have to find something that you're passionate about. So number one, it has to be a passion and you have to want to chase it and you have to be willing to put your all into it. And then at the end of the day as well, not worry about what other people are doing. Get rid of all the comparison. It's literally just a waste of your time, a waste of energy and all of that and focus in on what it is that you want to do and be the best at that. The other thing I will say is also just like learning how to pivot. We talked about that, I think, in the episode early on too. And just being really grounded in who you are and your concept is very important too so that you understand when things are going a certain way and then it's easy just to kind of move on from that and move to something else and do it seamlessly and not second-guess yourself and just move into that forward motion so that you can be successful. Melissa has so
1: many qualities she taught me one of the most important lessons I ever learned. You know, sometimes you think people are so tough and they're just, well, this is the definition of like a bad bitch. Like you don't <laughs> want to be on her bad side, but it taught me a really critical lesson about being the leader of a team sometimes requires you to be ruthless to protect the rest of the team, right? Yes. When people's livelihoods depend on you. You know, sometimes you make choices. And from the outside, you're like, wow, that's cutthroat. But when you're on the inside of it, you're like, well, I'm really glad Melissa protected, you know, our house kind of thing. And that's why some people can never be a good leader. Right. And it takes a very special kind of person to lead a team. Yes. I want to ask a couple more things. What's on your shelf? I know you don't want to call
0: anybody out, but like today, like what did you wear today? Skincare, makeup, hair, anything like that? Agent Tour Holy Trinity, Iuna which I love. So Actually I didn't mention Iuna enough in this episode. I know I you should say love... what you like because I I don't have enough products from them and I need to try more. Oh, they have some new products coming out too. Do they? So they're expanding their line which I'm so excited about because their technology is really like nothing that we have in beauty period, like not just in clean. So I love Iuna. I love the cream 3. I love essence there's nothing like that. Your skin just looks like a glowing goddess after it. That's not the black one. That's like the gomage That's the gomage one. Which so is you, so good. I do so have that. So you literally put it on your skin. You let it dry. And then it's like nasty AF. Like yeah, it doesn't yeah. look pretty on camera at all. But it's so glorifying if you're just in your home not filming yourself. And you literally just rub it off your skin dry. So you're like giving yourself like it's a cream to oil peel. And your skin just looks beautiful after that. To me, that just like checks all the boxes. It removes the dead skin. It helps to detoxify. It helps texture. And then it hydrates. Yeah. And there's nothing like it. I've never found a similar product, clean or not clean. Yeah. So I used Iuna And then makeup. I'm actually using some new products that aren't released yet from RMS that I'm in love with. They have some really cool new things coming. And then like I am that woman that just like I know what I like. I stick to it. You know, in terms of makeup, skincare, I'll I'll switch up a little bit more. But in terms of makeup, like I have my certain colors. So I really also love Aether Beauty. They're very indie, but like everything is like crystal infused. Like, hello. Yeah, if I'm going to wear eyeshadow, crystal infuse that shit. Like give me everything you got, you know. I love all of their stuff as well. And yeah, Jane Iredell I used as well today. So I use a great mix of everything, to be honest with you.
1: I love all those brands. Aether is the one that I haven't used as much as the rest, but I do have a palette, which I do love. But I think crystal infused, you know, we had Jenny Strebey is like a couple of episodes before you. I want to say episode eight. Sorry if I'm wrong, everyone. But she talked a lot about the science behind crystals. And if you do want to explore it, it's something Melissa is also interested in. And there's a lot of science behind it. It's not as wooey as people
0: no. think it is. My store is named Citrine, yeah. everybody. So <laughs> it is, it, there is
1: a lot of science, which I actually didn't personally know. And so, how can my listeners support you,
0: you know, anything that you're doing? Well, you can follow us on Instagram. Which you should. The content is great and the reels are great. Yes. We are trying to keep that content pumping out. You can follow us on Instagram. You can find our website. We also do free 15-minute virtual consults. So if anybody listening is new to Clean Beauty, they can actually do a virtual consult. We do 15 minutes for free. We have longer consults in terms of virtually. They do require a reservation fee, but it's 100% redeemable towards your purchase. So we just want to know if we're taking that time aside that, you know, that is going to be your deposit but then it's 100% redeemable. So yeah, our website, Instagram, I don't really do the other channels a lot. I think you guys would be so good on TikTok. I have done some TikToks oh, that, good. that that are not out, but oh, I would good. I I actually personally enjoy TikTok more than Instagram. It's fun, right? I'm getting really into
1: it. it. You know, we talked a lot in an episode with Shannon. We talked about like the science behind it, and I guess like 15 seconds of comedy can give you like a really good rush of
0: serotonin. And so there's actually a lot of like reasons that people are so addicted to it. But well, I and agree the way it makes them it. feel so much better, right? Because you don't really go on TikTok and like hear about like war and I know. all the other. I mean, there's some stuff of that on there, but most of the stuff people are doing is pretty like lighthearted. and I feel like that's people are more attracted to that. A hundred percent. It's a nice relief. We haven't gotten into TikTok yet, but we but we will be getting into TikTok. Instagram is our main thing right now because I feel like people really aren't on Facebook as much and all of those things. I know I'm on Facebook forever, but you also do have a lot of like existing
1: readable content in article slash blog form. If you do want to get more into ingredients and just maybe even the beginning steps, it's a really good place to go. A lot of them source a lot of really credible research. So they're really helpful. Absolutely. Well, Melissa, this has been lovely. I'm so happy we haven't got to see each other. I mean, pandemic aside, since well, I don't even know. I'm not even going to try to guess and take too long. But thank you so much for being here. And this yeah, has been thank amazing. You. I hope you guys will all follow her. Check out Citrine. You know, check it out everywhere. All the stuff is good. She really does put a lot of effort into the content, and that stuff takes a fuckload of time to produce. So please check it out. Thanks, guys. We'll talk next week. I'm